Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I am Evangelist Janice Nelson, and I want to welcome you to season two of Broken Vessels Mended and Whole, a weekly women's Bible study podcast. Today is Sabbath Sunday, March 13th, the year of our Lord, 2022. In this Bible study podcast, we address various issues that break the spirit of women and then seek to promote women's spiritual wholeness and well-being with lessons learned from the Word of God. Ladies, how do you feel about attending church? How do you feel about serving in church? Do you enjoy it? Look forward to it? You get excited about attending Do you miss it when you're unable to attend? Church should be a place of fellowship for Christians, a place where we hear God speak to us through his word, where God is exalted and where the congregants are encouraged and edified. Regardless of how you feel about going to church or serving in church, today we're going to talk about how church ought to be and how we should feel about attending and serving in church. Because it is in church that we should get a glimpse, a foretaste, and an appetite for heaven. When we come back, we are going to talk about why we fellowship together. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. Today, we are talking about why we fellowship. Our scripture reading is taken from Psalms chapter 84, verses 1 through 12. And I will be reading from the King James Version of the Bible if you want to follow along with the scripture reading. Now, reading from the King James book of Psalms, chapter 84, verses 1 through 12, the psalmist write, How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow or a nest, for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altar, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee and whose heart are the ways of them. Who's passing through the valley of Baca, Make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Selah. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God 
than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of his word. Amen. Ladies, Karat led a rebellion of 250 community leaders against Moses during the wilderness days of the Exodus. God judged Korah and his leaders, and they all died. But the sons of Korah remained, according to Numbers chapter 26, verses 9 through 11. And they served as musicians during temple worship and became notable in Jerusalem for praising God. Psalms 84 is about the people who were present in the temple, who served God's house, and who expressed in this psalm who their souls yearned and even fainted for, God. But not because they were separated from God or the temple, but rather because it is where they were and wanted to be. It was the reason for their service. The King James Version of Psalms 84 is divided by the Selahs. Selah, as I have explained in prior Bible studies, is a Hebrew word found at the ending of verses in the Psalms and has been interpreted as an instruction that calls for a break in the singing of the Psalm or it means forever. By outlining our text according to the Selahs, we divide the psalm into three parts. Part one is verses one through four. Part two is verses five through eight. And part three is verses nine through 12. These three parts encompass three blessings, which are found in verses four, five, and 12. The first blessing is for those who live and work in the temple. The second blessing is for those who are on their way to the temples. That would be the pilgrims. And the third blessing is for those who are unable to get to the temple, but who place their faith in God. So let's unpack Psalms 84. Verses 1 through 4 says, How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the court of the Lord. My heart and my flesh, or my soul, crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found an house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even thine altar, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still, praising thee. Selah. In these verses, we read that the sons of Korah, who were familiar with the temple, spoke of yearning and even fainting for the courts of the Lord. Because God dwelled in the temple, the most favored of all human beings were those who likewise lived in the temple, especially priests who worked in the temple, making sacrifices, conducting music, and attending to custodial work. The sons of Korah also observed that the sparrow 
and the swallow birds had made a nest and were living at the house of God in view of the altar. The sparrow is a small old world bird of little importance. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 29, Jesus said, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. A farthing or a sarion was the smallest and least valuable copper coin and only worth about a quarter of a penny. Yet the sparrow, according to verse three, found a home near God's altar. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 31, Jesus says, for you, for ye, excuse me, fear ye not, therefore ye are of more value than many sparrows. So will God not also find a home for you and for me who are worth so much more than sparrows? And comparing sparrows to the people of God, Daniel, Donald Gray Barnhouse said this, I look down some little street and see a humble chapel where a group of simple worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness, despised and rejected of men, even as was their Lord. And I know that this is the rich reality of spiritual truth. Here are the sparrows who find their nest at the cross of Jesus. Here is worthlessness that finds its worth because the Savior died. So ladies, if you are ever treated as if you are insignificant and have no value, consider the lowly sparrow who nested with her young at the tabernacle and the foot of the cross. The sparrow are birds found, excuse me, the swallow are birds found all over the world and also a symbol of worthlessness like the sparrow. And in the Bible, a swallow is a symbol of restlessness. From dawn to sunset, the swallow is always in flight, flying from one point to another, so much so that if you ever try to watch a swallow in flight, you would quickly grow tired. But there is a time when the swallow stops flying to mate, raise young, build a nest, and settle down in it for a peaceful rest. The swallow can be compared to the soul apart from God and then finally resting in God. Alexander McLaren said this, There is only one thing in this world that does not fit the world that he is in, and that is man, chief and foremost of all. Other beings perfectly correspond to what we now call their environment. And St. Augustine said, our hearts are restless till they rest in thee. The intent of verses one through four are to intimate to us that the faithful can find freedom from worry, peace of mind, and joy at the altar of God, just as the sparrow and the swallow birds found refuge and security in the temple for themselves and for their young to nest in. 
In the same manner, if you and I look, we will see that the house of the Lord is there for us to appropriate Jesus Christ by faith and make him our very own. At the end of verse three, the sons of Korah says, my king and my God. The reason for this is because the word my is precious to the psalmist who has laid hold of his God with both of his hands determined not to let go. In verse four, the psalmist says, blessed are they that dwell in thy house. Here, we read how the psalmist went from envying the birds living at the temple to envying the priest who had rooms in the temple. And he said, they will be still praising thee, Selah. The sons of Korah are saying that they could live a life of constant praise because it was not enough just to praise God. They wanted to praise him constantly. Verses five through eight says, blessed is the man whose strength is in thee and whose heart are the ways of them who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. This is the second of three blessings in our text. There were many who were not able to live in Jerusalem. Many were scattered throughout the country in small villages or on family farms. But the psalmist had a blessing for them as well. Verse 5 says, Blessed is the man or woman whose strength is in thee, in whose heart, are the ways of men or are the ways of them. The women who find strength in God are the ones whose heart is on is set on a pilgrim, Mitch. She considers herself to be a pilgrim in this world and finds her true strength not in herself or this world, but in the world to come. Verses six and seven says, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. These verses describe the blessings of those who made their way to Jerusalem for the feast. There were two blessings for pilgrims. First, they, they blessed every area they passed through including the Valley of Baca, also known as the Valley of Weeping, and turned it into a well or a place of springs. The Valley of Weeping was called such because of the trouble the traveler experienced due to drought. In a similar way, this current world for the believer is a Valley of Weeping, but we are refreshed by the streams of divine grace, which flows from the great fountain of consolation. Second, or the second blessing for pilgrims was that they went from strength to strength until each appeared before God in Zion. The blessedness 
is expressed by plenty of water in an otherwise dry place. The pilgrim's rich relationship with God is a never-ending supply of strength for the journey, even in difficult seasons. Here, they meet with God along with other pilgrims, and they gain strength in God together as they fellowship. The love and longing for the house of God are not synonymous with an escape from the world, but rather as preparation for life in the world. For the pilgrim who is unable to be with God, this is a beautiful portrait of the Christian life. The believer knows God in Jesus Christ and are not seeking an earthly temple, but a heavenly temple and a city with a heavenly foundation. As we press forward, we pass through many valleys of Baca, but we are not discouraged. We rise above each challenge, going forth from strength to strength, strengthening one another along the way and blessing all we meet. And verse eight says, O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear to O, o God of Jacob, Selah. This song was more than just a song for the sons of Korah. It was a declaration and a prayer, a plea for this, that spoken of by the water, by the supply of water, grounded in the history of God's dealing with his covenant people. And this same God who blessed and was faithful to Jacob will be faithful to his people today. This is worthy of meditation. Thus, the insertion of the psalmist's second Selah. It's a pause there. Finally, verse 9 through 12, verses 9 through 12 says, Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the faces of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. In our text, the shield is literally a shield, and it was a means of defense in Israel. So the psalmist is asking God to behold what Israel did to defend herself. He says, look upon the face of thine anointed. Your anointed is a reference to the king of Israel, specifically anointed for his office. Notice that the psalmist begins with love and longing for the house of God. Now, in verse 10, he returns to this thought saying, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tent of wickedness. The psalmist prefers to serve God in humble submission than to engage in or dwell in the tents of wickedness. Every one of us gets to choose to serve God or to serve evil. The sons of Korah served as doorkeepers in the temple. That is at the threshold of the temple. Verse 11 says, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. 
The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Here, the psalmist explains the goodness and blessings that come to those pilgrims who love and long for the house of God. They enjoy God as the source of blessing, a sun, S-U-N, and defense or a shield. They receive his generous grace and glory. God's grace and glory was later on the mind of the apostle Paul, who in Romans chapter five, verses one through two said, therefore being justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Verse 11 says, no good thing will be withheld from them that walk uprightly. This is a promise made to the upright. They will receive everything good that God has for them. This was appropriate under the old covenant where God promised direct blessings for obedience and curses for disobedience. Under the new covenant, the believer received God's good things on the basis of Jesus's goodness and then continues to walk uprightly. Verse 12 says, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. This is the third blessing, and it is reserved for those who trust God. The psalmist is expressing the genuine delight that the people of Israel had in God. The temple and the festivals were important, but their love was in God. This is why, despite the passionate pinings for God's house at the beginning of the psalm, The psalmist ends with a blessing for the persons who simply trust God. It is a way of saying that ultimately trust in God is what really matters. Notice that the prior verse 10 does not speak of speak about the temple, but the psalmist says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. Then in verse 11, the psalmist talks about God's attributes saying, for the Lord God is a son, S-U-N, and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. This is the only place in the Bible where God is explicitly called a son, S-U-N. That is because he shines on us and is the brightness of our days. He is our shield from our enemies and the only true source of favor and honor. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good. I love this passage of scripture. To them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So ladies, Sometimes you may not feel like attending church. You might not want to serve in church, but let us learn to seek God in the company of his people, the church, by looking toward heaven, not man. I say seek the church 
first because the church is where God has promised to meet us. And because in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus said, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. This is why we fellowship together. In addition to the church, I say heaven because ultimately it is God we long for and in him alone will we be satisfied. Not the fellowship of God's people, however rewarding that may be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to support it, we have several ways in which you can do that. First, via the Tithely app at Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. Second, at Givelify, that's G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y dot com. You may donate to Broken Vessels hyphen Mended and Whole. Or you may mail whatever gifts of love you feel led to give to Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. We are a 501c3 nonprofit religious organization located at P.O. Box 34637, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Join me next week for another episode of Broken Vessels, Vessels, Mended and Whole. Don't forget to check in with me today at 12 noon on Facebook Live, 12 noon. Pacific time. In the meantime, take good care and may God continue to bless you. Amen.